Uh, Sweat Block is our sponsor. Uh, if you know anything about me, uh, you know that uh, I sweat a lot. I sweat a lot. A lot. I mean, a lot. I haven't tried Sweat Block on my face yet, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oof, don't sit in the front row of any show that I ever do. Don't do it. Uh, my teenage son has the same problem, uh, except he's a teen, so it's way worse, way worse. I have discovered uh, Sweat Block and their wipes, and they are tremendous, tremendous. You use them uh, one day, uh, and you just put them on after after a shower, and you don't need to use any deodorant for like a week. It's incredible. I've used these in the really, really super hot uh, days of Texas. Try Sweat Block now. Get the wipe. Sweatblock.com. Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code BECK and get 20% off. Sweatblock.com. Banking collapse? What? A a bailout? Huh? It had something to do with the Federal Reserve? Shut up! I'll tell you exactly what happened in 60 seconds. Iris lives in Virginia. She writes in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says, The day the trial package came, I put some on my hand and offered it to my dog, Shiloh. He licked it clean. Ever since then, he's very anxious about mealtime. Even when I'm mixing the rough greens into his kibble, he stands there and begs for his bowl. I know the feeling, Iris. The funny thing is, he always had he was always such a picky eater before, <clears throat> but he has more energy now and wants to play more often. It's great stuff. Iris, feel exactly the same way. That is the story with Uno. Uh, try Rough Greens now. They're so confident your dog's going to love it. They have a special deal. They'll send you the first trial bag for free. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash back. Try the first bag and uh, and then watch the difference in your dog over the months. It's roughgreens.com slash back. Roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN33. All right. So I think I'd, I'd like to start with uh, CNBC. They put together a little uh, a little video here on the timeline and how things began with Silicon Valley Bank. Before we can even talk solutions uh, and what to do, we have to understand what caused this and what happened. Here it is, cut one. When money came gushing in uh, during uh, the COVID crisis uh, with all of the stimulus money, uh, Silicon Valley Bank put a lot of that to work uh, in what were at the time high yielding assets uh, that averaged only 1.6 or 1.7 percent. Today, in order to attract and maintain deposits, you have to pay up. 
and uh, and banks are not paying up, uh, and they are all seeing their bank deposits go down. The most likely direct impact is just on the tech community itself, which has been battered by valuation. But a lot of these companies have relied on this particular bank for liquidity. They'll have to go elsewhere and expect some dislocation from that. Silicon Valley Bank is unique because they were always willing to lend against securities that haven't come public yet. So you could even call them you know, pre-IPO. No one had that exposure. So uh, they are unique, uh, just like Silvergate was unique with crypto. But I do think that they're big enough to be more like what Art Cashin said. It does feel like Penn Square, maybe uh, hoping to be con contained before it gets caught in Illinois. I wanted to share that you know, what I'm hearing is that, in fact, they are moving very quickly in terms of deposits moving out, making it very or more difficult for any buyers to really assess and consider uh, a purchase of the, of the bank. Um, perhaps a bit too early to say, but nonetheless, it would already appear that those attempts to potentially sell this company. And again, there were a lot of interested buyers based on the franchise, but the attempts to potentially sell it certainly seem to be running into the to the reality of the moment, which is it's hard to buy something when all the deposits are fleeing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, again, we we have to, I think the market has to prepare and uh, prepare for the possibility that uh, that there will not be a sale. And then you can leave it to your own imagination as to what that means. Um, we have to assume the government regulators are already already in there uh, as well. Silicon Valley Bank Santa Clara was closed today by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, which appointed the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, as the receiver. To protect depositors, the FDIC has created a deposit insurance national bank of Santa Clara. At the time of closing, the FDIC as receiver immediately transferred to this new receiver bank all of the insured deposits that were held at Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. So what, ha so what really happened here? That's the way CNBC will explain it to the people who know what the hell they're talking about and all the acronyms and everything else. Here's what happened. couple of things. First of all, we're raising rates. We had the COVID money coming in, right? And you just heard there, call this COVID money. Well... They wanted to invest it. They needed to put it someplace and invest it because they had Silicon Valley Bank had so much money coming in from from COVID. And so what did they do? They bought treasuries. And at the time, you could buy a 10 year treasury and you would get 2% interest guaranteed at the end of 10 years. That was pretty good back then. But now treasuries are selling for about 5% interest. And you don't get that until the end of the 10 years. So when you buy something, a 10-year treasury, you're buying it for 10 years. If you have only eight years on it, you can sell it. But you're going to probably have to sell it at a discount if the new ones are paying more. So they invested the, the money in treasuries at 2%. Just let's remember that. What they had um, in the bank, if you will, they owed $195 billion. That's to the people who have put their money into checking accounts and savings accounts, mutual funds, 
they owed $195 billion. They had $208 billion on the books. That's a $17 billion. When you have people all over the world starting to say, I think the bank is going to collapse, they start to take their money. $17 billion can go that fast. There was a clog in the system. They couldn't get the money wired out fast enough. So they decided they needed to sell. And then they announced, we're going to sell some treasuries. Well, once they saw that they were selling 10-year bonds at 2% interest, and the market was saying, well, that's only worth 75 cents on the dollar now, and Silicon Valley Bank was taking it, they knew this is a fire sale. This bank is in trouble. That's what started all of the run on the bank. Now, you probably have FDI insurance, FDIC insurance. If you have FDIC insurance, it's to stop runs on the bank. However, Silicon Valley Bank is different. It's very different. I think it's 88% of their accounts are not covered by FDIC. Why? Because they're giant companies that are using payroll and uh, keeping their money in the bank uh, as, as the place where they can run their company. So they, they have more than $250,000 in account. If they also use the bank for a mutual fund, they found out Friday they were also screwed. See, this bank loans money to these companies, these tech companies, and they loan them out venture capital. And so they loan them the money to operate and to be able to do everything they can over the next year. Well, they've got to put that money somewhere. So the bank loans it out. It's basically the depositor's money. They loan the, that savings account of yours, per se, uh, and loan it to this venture capital firm the, or the, uh, or the uh, tech startup. And the tech startup then says, where do I put all this money? And Silicon Valley Bank says, oh, just in my other hand, just give me that money back and we'll invest it in mutual funds for you. We'll invest it in very safe things like BlackRock. So they did. And the tech companies thought they were safe because it's invested in very secure places like BlackRock. Except what the bank didn't say, except in fine print, is that all the money that you had invested in BlackRock was not yours anymore. It was, it was uh, under the name Silicon Valley Bank. So when people started to call and say, hey, BlackRock, my money's safe, they said, you don't have any money. Your money's invested in Silicon Valley Bank, and because their name is on it, they're counting that as an asset. And now that asset has to go to pay creditors. So they lost their money. This is a giant shell game. We have created nothing but a shell game. And the Fed is the one that's causing this collapse by the raising of the rates. But if you don't raise the rates, 
What happens? Inflation goes out of control. Why? Because we have printed and loaned too much money out. Okay, we'll pull it back in. Well, the way you pull it back in is raising interest rates. If you raise the interest rates, bonds have to pay a higher yield. And so when you buy a bond, you get more money back. And if somebody gets into trouble, they have to sell their bonds exactly like Silicon Valley, and they have to take a haircut, and then the entire thing collapses. But here's the scariest thing. This is what the Fed has set out to do. They want to see risky things go away. They want to see failure. They need people who are not stable to go out of business. Stop spending money so we can suck all that money back in. But when they do collapse it and our economy is in this kind of shape, you then have a domino effect because nobody's in great shape. And the banks are playing a giant game. So then people can't pay the paycheck. And then that paycheck fall, causes you to default on your auto loan or your house loan. And that makes another bank fail. We're at the place, I told you in 2008, we would be. We've made the 2008 problem much bigger. And there's no way out. Once you start printing money, there's no way out. And what did we do? Well, the Fed said, we're not doing TARP. No, no, no. We've got something entirely different. It's got a different name and everything. Uh, but we're going to cover all of those accounts. Oh, oh, okay. So we're backing, we're backing that now. Yeah, but it's not your money. It's not your money. It's the Fed's money. It's the Fed's money? Yeah, it's the money that the banks gave to us to put aside for insurance in case something like this happened. Oh, where, where did the banks get that money? Well, I don't know. You know, doing business and stuff. Well, I mean, are these the banks you bailed out? Well, yeah, yeah. And weren't you just giving them trillions of dollars? Well, yeah, yeah, of course we did, but, but, but they were paying in to this account. Oh, okay, so the money you printed that I'm on the hook for, you gave to the bank, but they didn't use any of that money for that insurance. No. No, this is totally different. Okay. So now they're going to be protected. And I don't have an answer for you today because all of the answers are bad answers. Should we, should we back that? No. No, the, the constitutionalist capitalist in me says that's, just, that's really bad. Okay, so we don't back it. Well, no. No, because the guy who would like to see the entire Western world not burn down to the ground would like you to bail it out just to give us some more time. <laughs> but that puts us right back where we were. So I don't have, I prayed hard today. 
uh, what do I tell people? Work on your spiritual health. Because this is coming at some point. It's coming. It has to. It has to. Now, the Washington Post said today that um, the bank's death marks both a sobering, uh, a sobering and uh, salutary moment here. The central bank has sharply increased interest rates over the past year, hoping higher borrowing costs would slow the economy down and take the steam out of high inflation. This is what the Fed wants to see. They want to see a tightening of the financial conditions. Great, they're on it, the Washington Post. With $209 billion in assets, the bank was just one-eighteenth the size of J.P. Morgan Chase, the nation's largest. Still, Wall Street was rattled by their abrupt end. Bank of America was down nearly 12% in the past five trading sessions. They're down another 5 or about 4.5% today. Some banks are down as much as 10% today before trading even started. The banks that serve the riskiest part of the country and the uh, economy are the ones in trouble. Now, this is the Washington Post. I want you to listen to this. Banks like SVB and Silvergate Capital, San Diego-based bank that catered to cryptocurrency users, are the ones getting into trouble. Oh, it's not a run, it's not a run on the business model of the bank. It's uh it's not, I'm sorry, it's not a run on the business model of the banking industry in general. It's just the business model of this bank. So in other words, if you are making risky loans uh, to, uh, to tech, or if you're investing and doing anything at all with cryptocurrency, you're the problem. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to tie some of this together here. We've got a lot to go over. In just a second. Sadly, it probably comes as no surprise that anyone after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, abortion is still the number one killer among infants. We're still killing nearly a million of our own children every single year. And that is still here in the United States. I asked you, by the way, if you had had an abortion, you knew somebody that did and they regret it. Or if you were a child that somebody tried, mom tried to end your life and you lived or she changed her mind, will you write me a letter and tell me your story? I've got something coming that I'm working on and I will keep your name out of it. You can use an assumed name. We just need your phone number so we can call and verify that you're an actual person. But uh, all of the details are at glenbeck.com. But we are fighting the good fight. I don't think there's anything that we could do that would be more important than standing up and stopping the slaughter of our children. For $140, you can introduce moms to their babies on an ultrasound and help rescue five babies. When you do, you're going to see five stories and five ultrasound pictures of babies saved. Preborn's goal this year is to rescue 80,000 babies just from this audience. That's our goal. They can only do it with your help. So will you join us? Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. You can give just a dollar, ten dollars, one hundred and forty dollars, fifteen thousand buys an ultrasound machine. 
pound 250 keyword baby or go to preborn.com slash back. That's preborn.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so uh, here's something you probably didn't know. Um, the New York Times is reporting today uh, that whew, good thing this bank has been saved. Silicon Valley Bank was in many ways a climate bank. When you have the majority of the market banking through one institution, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. Community solar projects appeared to be specially hard hit. Silicon Valley Bank said uh, it led or participated in 62% of financing deals for community solar projects. Their smaller scale solar projects also often serve lower income residential areas. Don't worry. Don't worry. The Fed is covering all of this. The devastation comes at a critical moment. Uh, it is central to cut the greenhouse gases that are dangerously heating the planet, says the New York Times. The federal government depends on climate tech companies to develop the innovations needed. This is going to set the climate change industry down and set them back for years. Mm. Gee, well, good thing we're not Drilling for oil. Good thing we're getting rid of all of our backup power plants, isn't it? Home Depot co-founder said the global lending firm Silicon Valley Bank went broke because it was woke. Now, the rising interest rates are really, really why. But if you want to look at their business model, these guys are woke activists. He said, instead of pro uh, protecting the shareholders and their employees, they're more concerned about the social policies. As recently as this month, just days before it went into receivership with the FDIC, Silicon Valley Bank discussed decarbonization, gay rights, the black venture ecosystem, and so much more. Well, they were woke. Good thing. Good thing. By the way, they were purchased this morning by a British bank because Great Britain was worried about their tech industry as SVP program. funded a lot of their stuff too. So that's good news. Blinds.com. When you've been in the business for a quarter of a century, it's not surprising if you're really, really good at what you do. That is the case with Blinds.com. They're celebrating by giving you 50% off everything site-wide for the next couple of days. Half off. It's an incredible deal, especially when you consider that their design experts will help you pick everything out. We'll even come out and install them if you want. No matter how many window treatments you order, installation is only one cost. I don't know why hotels aren't using blinds.com. That's not really get you take advantage of that loophole. Forget all the multiple trips to the store, the multiple trips of some designer to your house. It's the 21st century and blinds.com there's no guesswork, no hassle. It's Blinds.com with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and up to 50% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Their anniversary sale now through March 15th, up to 50% off Blinds.com. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Help us fight against big tech and government censorship. Use the promo code will not be censored at blazetv.com slash Glenn and save $20.
wow. You know, you're going to find this really comforting, uh, just so you know. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, you know, right before it went down, uh, they were able to pay all of the bonuses to the people um, between twelve thousand and one hundred and forty thousand um, dollars. So they, they got those bonuses. So, so that was a close one. Good. It, good. Good. I feel. Don't you feel better? Much. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, so, hey, there's a couple of other things that I, I, I found kind of interesting. You know, the guy who um, uh, was uh, on the board of directors mm-hmm. happened to be the guy who was um, um, running Lehman Brothers when it collapsed. <laughs> what an so, incredible yeah, what coincidence. It, uh, yeah. Boy, yeah. that guy's run into some bad luck. Hasn't right, he? right. Yeah. And uh, wow. I think it's, is it Sovereign or what's the other? First Republic. It's either First Republic. Signature. Or, signature or First mm-hmm. Republic. Um, Barney Frank was uh, on the board of that one. So right. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's so. good to see the old gang coming back together. Isn't isn't it? It? Well, it's they really did good. such a good job in 2008. They did. They did. Them, you want them back. Right. I mean, please. Mm-hmm. Um, by, the, by the way, we're, we're going to continue our conversation on this with people who really know what they are talking about on this uh, coming up in, uh, in just, a, just a few minutes. Do you remember, um, uh, Pat, the, China, the, uh, the, the uh, lasers that were... Yeah, the green lasers. Quote, measuring Hawaii. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, that happened, Sarah, about a month ago. Is that about? Yeah, about a month ago, this video came out that showed this green laser kind of just tracking Hawaii, just all these little laser beams coming down from the sky. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the, the, what they said was, don't worry, but we do this all the time. We're, it's NASA. We're measuring the Earth. <laughs> and I thought. Because I thought we knew a while ago. How big the, the Earth. How big the Earth. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. too. I thought so, too. <laughs> yeah. But no, huh. no, no. This is for global warming. Okay. Apparently, oh, okay. you know, the water weight. You know, we're losing Changed. some water weight. And oh, so we, right. you know, tighten our belt a little bit, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that didn't seem like huh. a logical answer to me because. I've lived a few times, you know, a, f- a few days, and uh, since we've had lasers, and I've never seen us measure the Earth. And you'd think huh. if we do that all the time, you would see it from time to time. Some of us might have seen it. Yeah, you know. Okay, so that one didn't fly. So then, uh, after the balloon happened with China. Uh, it came out that that wasn't a NASA satellite. No. Well, yeah, it wasn't a NASA satellite. So apparently our government mm. lied to us yet again. Not a government satellite. It, uh, it was a, it's a weather satellite, but it's a Chinese weather satellite. Oh, okay. And so they were just inspecting the weather with lasers? Well, what they do, they were, they were worried about the um, pollution in Hawaii, and so they were measuring. <laughs> the Chinese the, were worried about the, the pollution Hawaii's in Hawaii. Yeah, pollution. of course. Okay. And so they were measuring the That's amount. That's kind of sweet of them, isn't it? It is very nice, very yeah. kind. Well, they're yeah. very, very global warming conscious. Oh, oh, I know. I heard uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I heard that yeah, from yeah, Jennifer yeah. Granholm. Right. So they, we have a lot to learn from them. They can mm-hmm. measure the particles in the air with a satellite with mm. green lasers. God, that's incredible. We don't do that. No. So um, that one seemed 
a little odd. Yeah. And maybe a little too nice for China mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it has now come out and said, well, okay, all right. That satellite has a dual purpose. Okay. It not only can measure, you know, pollution. It can clean it up. Well, no, it can no. just measure it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not only can it, it, can it, can it do that, but it mm. also can be used to, um, target their new hypersonic missile because it needs very accurate targeting. So what this uh, climate change satellite does is it comes down and it measures, sure, it measures all the pollution, but it Mm -hmm. also could (laughs) measure exactly the topography and, and, and make sure that the the hypersonic missiles have an exact location to hit. But fortunately, we're talking about the Chinese here, and we right. know they so have no ill will no, toward us. No. So, no. You don't need to worry about that particular no, aspect uh-uh. of it. No. It's just a measurement thing. They, they're how measuring big? the density of the atmosphere. That's what they're doing. Pat. Okay. How dense is yeah. it, the atmosphere? It's pretty well. Is it I dense? Think, oh, over America, I think it's we're very dense. dense. Yeah. Very dense. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Uh, so, yeah, mm. uh, apparently it's the hypersonic missile. It doesn't like weather, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes there's weather. Yeah. So they need to do the. That's unfortunate. The laser thing, <laughs> which is kind of nice. You know, you get like a, I don't know. It's like a Pink Floyd moment right before you're vaporized. You know, okay. like, yeah. whoa, look at the cool lasers in the sky. And you hold your lighter up or your phone. You're like, yeah, rock. Great. You don't even get to on. You no, don't you don't. Rock of course, on. No, just rock. Okay. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. By the way, you remember Naomi Wolf? Uh, yes. Okay. Author, liberal. Yeah. Uh, part of. Feminist. Yeah. And uh, third wave feminist. And I believe part of the Clinton administration at one point, wasn't mm-hmm. she? Um, she came out and wrote a, wrote a letter to conservatives. Yeah, I love it. And. Uh, she said, Republicans and conservatives, I'm sorry. I believed wholesale so much else that has turned out to be not as I was told it was by NPR, MSNBC, and the New York Times. Anyone in leadership who has misrepresented to the public the events of January 6 so as to distort the complexity of the actual history must be held accountable. Holy cow. Wow. That. That's a brave That's, statement from somebody on the left. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Well, the, d- you should see. I think it was in the, oh, it was in the Times or Huffington Post. I can't remember where I read it, but they, they were talking about, well, you know, she's um, she went on Tucker Carlson about a year ago. So we, uh, we worried about her bona fides back then. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> she was seen with Tucker Carlson. She sold out. Obviously, a nut job now. Well, of right? course. I mean, only nut jobs would say, I am sorry to conservatives. By the way, I don't know if you've been following what they're looking at in uh, in Washington about, you know, the, the government silencing speech, um, the government lying about uh, January 6th. But your friends should probably pay attention to it. 
if if you're if you're not, you should too. But I have a feeling you are. But your friends should probably pay attention to it. Somebody needs to bring that to their attention, because mm-hmm. the people I talk to that have absolutely who are only listening to the New York Times and CNN and eight NPR have no idea how corrupt our government has become. And I would be saying this if it was happening under a Trump administration. I'd be ringing the bell. You are in deep trouble. The government has gone awry just a little bit. Maybe it's maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to talk to... Um, um, oh, who's the senator we have? Uh, Massey. We have uh, uh, Massey on with us. And uh, he asked, I don't know if you saw his tweet last night. He was talking to, um, uh, getting a briefing on what was happening with the banks. And uh, he's on this phone call. And apparently one of the senators or representatives said, um, hey, uh Do we have a plan to make sure that we're silencing anybody who is, you know, stepping out of line and and causing damage to the market? Yes, we're working on that. We're going to have to get back to you. Oh, really? What? Do you remember I told you back in December or January that there was another war game? Do you remember Event 201? That was for COVID. Something like mm-hmm. a something like COVID might happen. Uh, set your watches in maybe about a month and a half. And uh, what do we do? And so they brought everybody together: the Treasury, the Federal Reserve, the central banks from all over the world, and they came up with exactly what they implemented all over the world with COVID. And in it, mm-hmm. they set up all of the things to. Be able to be as effective as possible, as quickly as possible. And that meant shutting down some voices and having some control. Well, they just did another one at the World Economic Forum. They did it, I think it was in December, and it was on a banking collapse. And what are we going to do if there's a banking collapse? Well, we're going we're gonna to rush in there. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we got that shored up. Now, by the way, this is hurting your small banks. We're going to end up, I think, with four banks. And then we'll end up with one. And then there was one, the Federal Reserve. But you got to make sure today you have coverage with FDIC. If you have, I mean, if you have more than $250,000 in your bank account, good for you. Um, But... (laughs) Make sure that you have coverage uh, of FDIC up to $250,000. Now, what happens? What happens when they start just picking the banks off? If the Fed continues to raise rates, that's probably a problem. But dare I say that? Because at the little, uh, you know practice if you will for a financial collapse and a banking collapse they all agreed that there would be those who would deviate from the central bank's uh plan and strategy and uh truth 
and that would hurt the global financial markets. So they would need to be silenced. So when Thomas Massey asked last night, uh, you have any plans to silence people? They said, we'll get back to you. The plan already exists. They just have to see if this time this is the one. Make sure your money is insured by the FDIC. Make sure your bank is not involved in risky loans. Back in just a minute. Uh, when it comes to uh, stocking up on emergency food, I think you should be prepared for anything. Anybody think, hey, maybe I should have some extra food around just in case things went crazy. Because when this one hits, and I don't think it's this one, but when it hits, it's going to hit, and it's going to hit fast, and you're going to be sitting there, and you know your bank might be closed for a while. How are you going to pay for things? What are you going to do? MyPatriotSupply.com is there, and right now, You'll get a $200 bonus gift that comes free with each three-month emergency food kit you order. That way, everybody in your family can be prepared. But hurry, the offer is only good while supplies last. Check this off your list. Sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst-case scenario ever happens. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Score free shipping as well. MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we were... uh we were flagged again by Facebook, and I'm just broken up about it. On Friday, we found out uh, after I got off the air, uh, there was something else that we said. I don't even know what it was, so I'll say it again. Um, but uh, it's something absolutely ridiculous on the on the January 6th thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think I said it was in Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, PolitiFact was like, it was not in Washington, D.C., it was someplace else magical uh and <laughs> i don't know uh and uh uh so we're we're being um, we're being hammered um by facebook and not only all of my posts but all of the blaze all of pat's posts everything is being downgraded Jeez. uh so you're gonna have a hard time finding any of your favorite hosts uh any of our any of our posts because we will not retract what we say unless it's wrong. And uh, I'm sorry. We haven't said anything that was wrong that we haven't corrected. We're not playing this game. Uh, we are not the tool of the uh, federal government. You know, I, uh, the biggest tool is is Zuckerberg and Facebook of, you know, mm. I mean, tool of the government, of course. Um so you, it, we would really like you to uh, join us as a member of the Blaze. We have, um, uh, we 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 we're putting all of our eggs in your basket. We are um, counting on you uh, to um, be there with us. And if we create value for you, please join us. 
Uh, it's like nine bucks a month, so it's like a coffee and a half a month at Starbucks. Um, and we would, if I mean, if we're not doing that much value for you, then I mean, you're wasting your time with us. Um, and and we should know that we only want to answer to you, and uh, we really need your help. So you can join us at blazetv.com. The use the promo code will not be censored and you get 20% off now. By the way, also at glenbeckshop.com, uh, you can get your Go Zuck Yourself t shirt. Uh, uh, there's also a, mm-hmm. a, a bumper sticker that says Zuck Off, uh, which I, I would not have. I, that's why I would buy the t shirt that says First Amendment established 1791. Facebook established 2004. I'm just saying, one of those has a little more experience. But, so you're uh, saying Facebook is much more modern and right, with it right. today. What I'm really saying is go zuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> and you can get those t-shirts now at glenbeckshop.com. That's glenbeckshop.com. But support us. Join us if you haven't become a member of the Blaze yet. Join us uh, at uh, blazetv.com slash glen. Will not be censored is the promo code. Save 20%. The Glenn Beck Program. Whoever said that taking care of your dog was easy might not have been doing a very good job. You're feeding your dog kibble food, and I thought that was fine for a long time, but it's not. It has to sit on the shelf, according to the government, for at least two years, and nothing happened to it. So it's been cooked. A lot of the good stuff is out of it. Rough Greens puts all of the good stuff back into your kibble food. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement. I want you to go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN33, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or 833-GLEN33. We have Christy Noam on with us in just a minute. We are definitely safe. We're not in a banking crisis. Joe Biden came out and said, and I quote, Hey, little girl, you're cute. Okay, uh, so I feel better about it. That was his statement, something like that this morning. Um, However, there's something else going on that we talked to you about, and that is the UCC revisions. Um, You may not know what this is, but it's the Uniform uh, uniform Law Commission that uh, has a code on how we're supposed to do business and everything else. Well, they're changing that code and they're asking states to sign on. Come on, pass this legislation. Hurry, don't think. And it changes the definition of money. Uh, makes it so the central bank can have a digital currency, but all other digital currency that may have come out, you know, 
prior to. Ah, we can't accept that as money anymore, so... Wait a minute, what? No, don't worry about Pass it! Hurry up! Well, there was a veto that just uh, just happened from Christy Nome because the uh, the state of South Dakota decided, hurry, hurry, let's pass this, and she said, not so fast, and vetoed. She is leading the way. There are other states that had this on the right track to get rid of it, and the banking uh, community has come out and said, you gotta do it. Don't you realize we could be headed for a crisis? Oh, okay. So I'll hurry up and pass that then. Don't do it. Christy Nome is with us here in just a second. First, if you've had enough, you know the uh, you know the Republican slogan was in the 1950s? Had enough yet? I think it should be used again. Had enough yet? As an American, how you feeling about the mobile companies that rake in hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars, all while publicly hating the country that made it possible for them to do what they do in the first place? Used to be that you just had to put up with that, but not anymore. Because of a company called Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They will offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. That means you'll get the best possible service wherever you're at. And if you're not satisfied, their coverage guarantees to let you switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. Most importantly, you're doing business with a company that supports free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, actually likes you. Doesn't say, oh, thanks so much for calling. Now they actually like you, and they have a 100% U.S. customer service team that makes switching really simple. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation. Make sure you use the offer code Beck. Stand together, support companies that share our values. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck, 878-PATRIOT. Governor Christy Nome. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. How's your morning going? Well, you know, a little banking collapse thing, but... Uh, mm, I know. You have any thoughts? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. It's a, we're in tenuous times here with quite a few different um, situations, threats at the national security level, financial level, and people's basic freedoms. I, it, it, is, it is coming faster and faster uh, mm-hmm. every day. Um, let, let's first. Can we just? I've got a lot of things I'd love to talk to you about, but sure. l- let's make sure that we uh, we cover this. You just beat, vetoed a bill, and you you don't do that very often, do you? Is veto kind of rare with you? It is pretty rare. Usually, I have one or two every legislative session. Um, I've had several already this session, which is strange. I've never had a veto be overridden, which means every time I've vetoed a bill. The legislature has read my reasons why, looked at the policy, and agreed with me. I'm hopefully well on this bill then, too. Um, this is a bill that came, it was over 110 pages long. It was sold as an update to the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code, and something we just needed to adopt to be in federal compliance and you know, put a rubber stamp on. It was interesting. It didn't get introduced until halfway through our legislative session uh, and went through pretty overwhelmingly through the House ended up in the Senate. And when I started reading it and digging into it with my policy team, the Senate was extremely upset that I expressed concerns. Mm. And why did they, uh, why were they upset? 
Well, I think, you know, South Dakota is a smaller state. Uh, They had the same folks up in committee testifying from the banking association, from financial institutions. South Dakota is the best state in the country to have a credit card company, to have a trust. Uh, Financial services is our third largest industry here. Um, so they they are used to seeing the same familiar faces come up and sell policy. The interesting thing about this bill is that it has a section in it uh, buried in the bill that talks about the definition of money. And it specifically says that CBDCs are allowed in the future when it comes to digital currency. But any former uh, definition of digital currency would would be allowed to be discontinued or not recognized. It specifically is paving the way for a government-controlled digital currency, should that be adopted, and should be alarming to every American. After what we've seen the last several years with the federal government being willing to trample on people's freedoms to to control them, I would think uh, them coming out with a definition of money that allows them to control your assets would be extremely concerning. So we, uh, I vetoed the bill. I'm hopeful that the legislature will agree with me, and they'll become educated on the actual policy that's wrapped up inside of it and want, and really understand that it's a threat to the American dream. When will that go back uh, to the legislature? We go back into legislative session in a little less than two weeks for one day. It's called veto day, and that's when they consider uh, the vetoes that I have put forward, and they either choose to sustain them, agree with the veto, and the bill would go away, or they would override me. I can do style and form vetoes as well, and I also have the budget yet that I have to look at and decide if that's going to be something that will move forward. So um, you need people to call in a couple of weeks, or should they call now? I need them to start calling now. I think that um, a lot of legislators didn't read this bill before they voted on it. It was a pretty pretty extensive piece of legislation. Um, They also, you know, did not really understand the threat that we're seeing, especially now with a financial crisis we see going on. And then also we saw the credit card companies recently come out and say they're going to start coding gun purchases separately and tracking them. For me, it's a direct tie to the federal government saying that if we don't like what you're purchasing, well, then if you're using digital currency anytime in the future, we can control your access to your to your dollars in order to even purchase what we like or don't like. So it is something that is, um, you know, everything I look at is setting precedent for the future. And this is paving the way for federal government control over people's personal dollars and assets. Uh, So just uh, call your state house. If you happen to be in South Dakota, call your state house. I will tell you that um, what uh, Chrissy has done here is extraordinarily brave. She is standing up against a very powerful industry as you know today uh more uh definitely not bailouts happening uh through the fed um today they're very very powerful and a lot of these uh legislators and senators listen to these guys and trust them and uh you really need to speak out and let them know you are not for anything that paves the way for a central bank digital currency when, especially when that's the only thing defined as money. Very bad. Uh, Glenn, specifically, this bill is being proposed in many other states. I think I know. there's probably 20 other states that are talking about this policy. So even the more that people pay attention and bring awareness to it, we need to educate people in other states, too. So, I think that's one of the main reasons for chatting with you today, too, is to let my people in the state know what, what's going on. But also, you know, we're the first legislative session, I think, to complete its work in the year. 
and we're always the first ones to kind of deal with these kinds of bills and have to veto them or sign them into law. If people can pass them in South Dakota, they know that makes it easier in other states. Uh, so we're often the battleground here. And uh, we did make the right decision here in South Dakota. Um, and that I hope these other states are paying attention and we educate those folks, too, so they don't go ahead and adopt these without really thinking about the consequences. Well, I got a phone call. I think it was maybe it was Friday. Um, they said, I've got good news and bad news. And I said, yeah. And they said the UCC bill in every state is uh, dead. And I, I thought that was the good news. And he said, no, 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 no. I mean that all of the advances we had made uh, last week, the the banking uh, committees and all of the people that were for the UCC just descended on all these state houses mm-hmm. and uh, talked all of these guys out of stopping this in their state. So I said, what's the good news? Christy Nome, <laughs> she vetoed. Uh, so you were the only bright spot there, and I thank you for that. But you have to call your state legislature and say, no on the uniform commercial code changes. No, absolutely not. It It is the authoritarian tool that is required to control absolutely everything in your life. Well, Glenn, the one thing that people should know, too, is that there's no rush on this. Uh, it doesn't get enacted until 2024. So a lot of what their testimony was is we need to hurry up and adopt this. Um, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But there's no rush. Um, we should have a full debate on the policy. If people have concerns, we should be able to talk about them. And if they don't, uh, they should. we should give them time to be educated, make, make wise decisions, especially in light of what we've been through the last several years. So uh, I am back um, to the same place I was in 2008. Uh, nobody is prepared for what's coming. Nobody is prepared for what's coming. We are going to see a crash of biblical proportions. um, And all the things they said in 2008, it'll shut down the global economy and everything else, is on our horizon at some point. It has to. We we just can't get out of this trap we're in now. Um, And we have definitely not a TARP bailout. but But the Fed is covering everything. And the Treasury is guaranteeing everything for these banks that went under. There are people that say, absolutely not. We cannot do this. Others are saying, again, the same thing they said before. We have to, or this chapter is over. Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, listen, I'm, I'm much more focused constantly on problem solving and being making the best and wise decisions looking into the future. So I do think we have economic financial crisis coming our direction. My job is to protect my state as much as possible. So we have a extensive briefing that'll happen this week with all of our banks and institutions gathering as much information as we possibly can. I think that if anybody is looking to the federal government to help secure their future, they should stop fooling themselves right now. Any kind of bailout, anything that this federal government's going to do is not going to shore up your life, your livelihood, your finances, or your family. It is time for people to start Yes, it is time for people to start taking personal responsibility for themselves uh, and their neighbors and churches to start getting engaged and involved. Um, People don't have to feel um, like they've lost their foundation. It's just we put it on the wrong thing. Everybody has been looking for the government for all the solutions, and that is how this world has got tipped on its ear 
and why we're so unstable right now. So, yes, people should be wise and plan for the future and start looking for a better place for for their foundation rather than this government, because this government is only coming to steal your future. Um, last uh, couple of things. One, uh, uh, our Treasury Secretary was was over in Ukraine. I think it was last week, wasn't it? What are we doing in Ukraine? Yeah. What, what is happening? Why, why is Hillary Clinton well, over there today? What, 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 what is this? We sent more money there than we have securing our border for the last five years. And it is a corrupt regime. Just the history of Ukraine is that, um, you know, we can't be certain of how they're spending all these dollars that we're sending them. And their their track record is not great. So I understand uh, pushing back on Russia. We're just and using financial sanctions certainly is a helpful tool, although we've relied on it too heavily. And uh, we've had a weak foreign policy uh, the last couple of years when it comes to Europe. And, and so I, I do believe that it is time to for us to wake up and understand that Ukraine has some issues. Uh, we need to put America first again and start focusing on what we do and that it shouldn't be to the detriment of the American people. Um, you know, I don't know what the plan is. We've never had this president articulate a plan for Ukraine. He's just reacting and then in that way, digging a bigger hole for us in yeah. the long run. Um, we're talking to Governor Christy Nome. La- last thing, are, are you at all considering throwing your hat into the ring for 2024? No, I'm focused here right now, Glenn. I, I do think this country needs a, a leader that makes tough decisions. I don't know who that is yet. Um, so I know all, all these people personally that are talking about it. I always get a little nervous about people who spend their whole life dreaming about being president. <laughs> Most of the time, I think they, they're the last person you should want to be president. So, um, you know, I just want, I, I wish we had a guy who could speak like Ronald Reagan again, or a woman who could speak like Ronald Reagan again, and somebody who actually cared about what our founders gave us. Because if yeah. we lose this country, where do we go? Yeah. So good to talk to you, Christy. Thank you so much. Governor Christy, oh, uh, Governor Christy Nome, please, in any red state, call your legislature now and say no to the UCC bill. No, it cannot be Gandalf. You shall not pass or we're, or we're going to get our digital currency. No way out. It's uh, an unfortunate fact of uh, life that simply ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away. Right now, you're feeling the effects of inflation. Well, inflation doesn't. I mean, you're filling up your gas, and sure, it's it. You know, it costs more. Your tank, but that's not inflation. Groceries, they're just better than they were. So the list goes on and on. If you've been thinking about refinancing your mortgage to try to get rid of some of that debt, but you're worried about losing the low rate, consider this. Any mortgage rate is still going to be lower than something like credit card debt. A lot lower. I know it's a big decision, but you should consider it. You should be talking to the experts that you can trust, and those experts reside at American Financing. It's a family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you, and they're saving people like you an average of $700 a month. And you could end up being able to delay up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. So change your situation. Here's a lifeline, American Financing. 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net.
net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10-second station ID. Say hello to uh, Mr. Pat Gray, who's filling in for uh, for Stu today. Hello. You bring so much to the table, right? And uh, I mean, would you have had that hello for? I would Stu? not. I have, don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. So, what are your thoughts on what's going on uh, today? With the what do you think is is the SVP thing? The the uh, I think it's really bad, but I don't I don't think this is the catastrophe that we've kind of been worried about. I don't either. Foresee on the horizon. Yeah, I don't either. They're not ready with the CBC no, yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big deal. It's the second largest bank collapse in American history. That's, since that's I substantial. Think, yeah. And yeah. it's the biggest since 2008. Yeah. When Washington, I think it was Washington Mutual. Right. That went down. Right. And got gobbled up by uh, Chase Bank, which, yeah. you know, um, they weren't nearly big enough to begin with. And so... They really well, needed to gobble up. Can I tell you what I think would be really good is if we could get some of these local banks to collapse. Oh, yeah. And then just have the bigger banks absorb them. Yeah. So we could have. That would be like ideal. What four about, banks. Or even whittle that down to one central, centralized uh, bank. Uh, uh, what would you call it, though? <laughs> just one central bank? Yeah. Is what you're calling Yeah. Huh. Well, like, I, I don't know, something federal? Well, uh, <laughs> wouldn't it, wouldn't really, when you get down to four banks, mm-hmm. wouldn't you have that anyway you, you in really reality? Would. You really would. I mean, and, and what is the Fed, but a conglomeration of tw- the 12 biggest banks? Right. Which so, would end up being the four biggest. Cause yeah, because the others just, are going to go out. Yeah. And be gobbled up by the other, by the four right. existing. And then the, the, the Federal Reserve will gobble up the four. And then yeah. it'll be so easy. We can all have the same bank. It'd be great. And they can just mm-hmm. they can just digitally put money into our accounts. And then they can di- digitally take it out of our accounts too. Or you know, if there's inflation, I learned this from modern monetary theory. Mm-hmm. If there's inflation in one sector, yeah. All they have to do is, if they have control of the money, is just stop the money from working in that sector. Except for those people that the central bank thinks really needs that. What a wonderful idea. It's a really, you can print as much money as you want if you do it that way, they say. Oh, wow. Yeah. so That's really convenient for us since we're doing that anyway. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. We'll just keep doing it. Right. Right. And it'll be a... It'll be considered a good thing. Correct. That, that way you don't have to raise interest mm-hmm. rates. You just shut people down. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need to slow the economy down. Your digital currency just stops working at certain places. And eventually we'll all own nothing and like it. <sighs> I can't wait for the future. It's a beautiful utopia <laughs> they're working towards. It really beautiful. is. Beautiful. And you know what? They say utopias never come true. But that's just because the right people weren't in charge. Hasn't been done right, right. yet. And when I look at the people who are leading us right now, I think, right people. Right? Right. These guys are competent. You put Pete Buttigieg in, in charge of a few <laughs> things, and you're going to see how perfect it is. The Glenn Beck Program. Yep, it's hard to, uh, 
It's hard to improve on perfection. I mean, where do you go from Pete Buttigieg? Where do you go? Where do you go? It's nearly impossible. You know, uh, Mike Lindell found a way to improve on the My Pillow, but I don't think he could improve on Pete Buttigieg. My Pillow has a new 2.0. My Pillow 2.0. It's perfection improved. What it has is temperature regulating technology. I think that's the wrong word for a pillow. I don't like. I don't want to sleep with technology. It's thread. That's what it is. And it took technology to make the thread because the thread is temperature regulating. So your pillow doesn't get hot. Uh, it's great. 100% made in the USA. Comes with a 10-year warranty. What pillow does that? 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener special squares. Get the new buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter the promo code BECK. Call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Glenn Beck. Stu Bergier, Steve Dace, Chad Prather, and me, Pat wow. Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code will not be censored. And do that today, won't you? Letter to Bank of America. Greetings. Nationally syndicated radio host and best-selling author Glenn Beck covered this story on radio that alleges via whistleblower Bank of America uh, data mined its customer base and turned over private records to the federal government in regards to January 6th. We continue to follow this story and have a few questions regarding this section of the testimony. Uh, Bank of America provided the FBI's D.C. field office a huge list of individuals who use Bank of America credit or debit cards in D.C., yada, yada, yada. So we asked, why would Bank of America violate the privacy of their customers without a subpoena or evidence that they had committed crimes? Now, I believe Bank of America, when we first covered this, said, what are you talking about? We didn't. What? We no. Well, we were working with the they, you know. Jingle, jingle, hello. Hi, it's the FBI. We'd like some records. We can't. Okay. Uh, so I think that was pretty much the story the last time. But we've just found out that um, it went more like this. FBI. Yeah, hi, it's Bank of America. We've got some dirt for you. Uh, so we'd like to know hmm. why Bank of America would violate the privacy of the, con- uh, the uh, customers without a subpoena or evidence that they committed a crime. Just everybody who used their card. Uh, did BOA volunteer the information? Uh, are there or have there ever been any uh, data mining efforts by Bank of America? Assuming this testimony is true, and I just don't believe it. Why should Bank of America customers trust their banking services with you? How will Bank of America repair this breach of trust? Um, you know, we understand that you didn't provide a comment to the Federalist or weren't able to by their deadline. So we're extending ours until last Friday. Yeah. So that's what we sent to Bank of America this time last week. They didn't. They're just too busy and big. I mean, they answer questions to their customers. What? What are you talking about? We can't. Brrr. 
FBI. Yeah, they're on the phone with the FBI all the time. Now, somebody who did get a couple of answers is Riley Moore. He is uh, the West Virginia state treasurer. He has been, uh, this guy is a pit bull on um, anti-ESG stuff. By the way, Riley, you got the, um, the anti-ESG proxy voting reform. It passed on Friday, did it not? It did. Oh, it did pass, Glenn. Thank you very much thank for the support you. on that. It was a huge battle, but you and your listening audience uh, played a big role in that. Thank you. Um, I will tell you, um, please, I just talked to you about the UCC bill and this bill for uh, um, anti-ESG. It's now passed in West Virginia. This bill and and the UCC, they have doubled down on them. And all of the progress that we had made is starting to slip through state legislators' fingers. You've got to call them and tell them we want the toughest anti-ESG bill out there. Um, Riley, let me ask you about Visa and MasterCard, because last week you guys got this done. Um, Visa and MasterCard has decided to pause their plan that would track gun and ammunition sales. Can you? Yeah, that's right. So uh, House Bill 2004 uh, just passed last week. This bill, Glenn, what it does is protect our Second Amendment rights and information. So what credit card companies working through the banks, so this goes back to the banks again, of course, the banks like Amalgamated Bank in New York, working with Senator Elizabeth Warren, pushed this idea of, well, I know how we can create a national gun registry. Why don't we have credit card companies do it? So they got the International Organization on Standardization. Yes, that's a real thing. Uh, to come up with this new merchant category code that will uh, code specifically guns and ammunition. So things like Bank of America could say, hey, I think we have suspicious activity here. I don't have a warrant or subpoena, but I'm going to turn this over to the feds just because I think it's bad. We're not going to let them do that here in West Virginia. We have outlawed the sharing of that data specifically. And I'll tell you what was very interesting about this. We also created a cause of action, cause of action. So people can sue if their data has been shared Good. without being subject to a warrant or a subpoena. And this, I believe, is what got them to back off is the potential for massive, massive lawsuits. Please thank your legislature and everybody involved for this. This is the one thing that you and Utah really are leading the way on, on protecting people. You know, the, the, a lot of times uh, these legislatures will talk about, for instance, an anti-ESG bill, and they'll protect the oil companies or the energy companies, but they won't give you fair access. So you can sue yourself if, if something happens to you. So thank you yeah. for including that. And the merchant can sue as well. So let's say the credit card company won't let them use a terminal because they're a gun shop. Uh, they can sue for that as discrimination. If your credit card won't work at a gun shop, you can sue. We, we have multiple uh, lines here in terms of uh, causes of, of action that we put into this legislation. Now, I, I will point out something very interesting. Some of the people in the financial services sector in the credit card industry said, 
why don't you just ban the MCC code? And I said, hmm, wonder why they want that. Well, our lawyers started looking into it, and since the MCC code is actually created, the merchant category code is created by the banks, this would push the liability to the banks, and they could have likely sued us over an interstate commerce clause. Uh, That's why we went the direction. They were setting us up, felt like it was a trap. That's why we, we went the direction of cause of action on sharing the data. It is, it's amazing to me how far uh, they have gone and how well planned all of this is. This is, you know, all coming fast and furious to people who are actually just doing the work for America um, and there's teams out there that have been thinking these things through and are years ahead of anybody else. And uh, and just by the grace of God, I think we're, we're figuring out some things and being able to maneuver like that. Does it bother you at all that they said they're just pausing this work? That does. Uh, that does bother me a little bit. And I'm not sure if they're trying to speak out of both sides of their mouth to not get the liberals to go bananas on them or us or both. So um, we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on this. This bill has passed. The governor will sign it. Uh, and if we need to start bringing lawsuits, we're going to start bringing lawsuits. And the attorney general has authority to place injunctions in this uh, as well on behalf of individuals. So uh, we are loaded for bear if they decide to try to pull this stuff in West Virginia. Uh, certainly encourage Everybody listening, uh, encourage your state to adopt the same type of legislation because we have to create a fortress around our Second Amendment rights. So does this affect anything like I was talking about Bank of America just um, turning over records, not being not no no subpoena, not nothing, just turning over the records of everybody who was in Washington, D.C., um, violating everybody, uh, their their privacy. Yes, if Bank Bank of America were to turn over gun purchases of any individual in the state of West Virginia just because, they will be sued. Right, but is is there anything in the law now that they just did this for September, I mean, for uh, January 6th, they they just turned over anybody who was using one of their credit cards and said, hey, we just want to help you guys out. They weren't asked for it. They just turned it over, apparently. You know, uh, not in West Virginia, and I'll tell you, is when we looked into this, uh, just generally, as it relates to data that they collect, and now what they're going to say, this is how they do the record keeping, um, and this is, which is a fact, Look, banks need to record keep, but they're weaponizing that requirement of record keeping. There's not a lot of laws and regulations around how that data can be used. Jeez. Uh, scary times. R- um, Riley Moore, he is the um, Virginia State Treasurer. I wish you would continue to be the treasurer, but I, I know you're running for Congress. You think you can make a difference there. Uh, and I just uh, I just thank you so much for all the hard work that you've done. Oh, thank you so much, Glenn. And look, this is, these are the type of ideas I'm going to bring to Congress. We need people that want to fight and just not sit on the sidelines. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Riley. Riley, thank you, Glenn. You bet. Riley Moore, one, I mean, he is a leader in the country on anti ESG. I mean, he has been there from day number one um, and a remarkable. He's just a pit bull on this stuff. All right, back in just a second. 
There's a certain kind of person out there. You almost instantly know when you see them, you know, who fits into that category of above and beyond. You know the type. It's that person that helps you box everything up on moving day, you know, for the low, low price of, you know, you got pizza. Uh, the guy that comes down the street who will mow your lawn because he happened to be out mowing. The neighbor lady who just baked just too many darn cookies this morning and brought them to your family. And here's a batch. These people are good people. And they're the kind of people that we look for when we're looking for the right real estate agent for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com is my company. And when it comes time to buy or sell a home, you need an agent at the top of his or her game. Somebody that you can trust. Somebody that has the same ethics that you have and the same work ethics. Um, I mean, unless you're lazy, because these guys, believe me, these guys are not. Um, take the extra step. We've taken it for you. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com and interview these guys. Before you do anything, just interview them. See if they're not the right one to sell or help you buy the next house. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So I'm, I'm thinking the closest story to this in history, at least in the 20th century, was probably the vote to go to war with Germany and Japan. Um, that was unanimous, I think, except for one, one person, a communist, I think, probably from Maine, might have been Bernie Sanders, <laughs> voted against it. But... You want to talk about a, bi- a bipartisan bill. The House voted 419 to zero. How's that even happen? 419 to zero. And I believe the Senate was 100 to zero, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was unanimous. So everybody who was there voted for it. Uh, have you ever heard of Never heard 519 of it. people in Congress voting, all voting the same way? Nope. What they voted was... Uh, to declassify all the information on COVID-19 origins. So <laughs> Republicans and Democrats were in on this bill. Now, Joe Biden comes out over the weekend. And is like, I'm not sure I'm going to sign. I might veto that bill. Well, dude, you don't have the vo- I mean, if this is a real vote, you don't have the votes to override it. It's not even close. Not even close. So what is happening there? I. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. Mm-mm. I, I mean, especially now in this environment when they can't agree on anything. Whether the sky is blue or water is, is wet. That? Uh, what never. is that all about? This is it's just interesting. Like, it's very interesting. If it were real, I would be shaking in my boots if I were Fauci. Because Fauci, I mean, this yeah. shows everybody just wants the truth. Now, I don't believe that, but that's what this would say. In the utopia world of America, that's what it would mean. I don't know what it means in this America, but uh, Fauci should be worried, and he already is. He's already changing <laughs> He's already changing his mind. You know, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, uh, their lab leak is uh, ridiculous, unless you mean that... Uh, you know, they went out and collected some bats and brought them back to the lab and somebody might have been bitten or they were doing some experiments on how to stop this stuff. And then he left the lab. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we mean by a lab leak. <laughs> Except do you, did he did he say you had to be bitten outside of the lab? Yeah. Oh, outside yeah. of the lab. Yeah. While okay. while you were collecting the yeah. bat poop or whatever you're right. doing, you were bitten. You got bitten and you got infected, and uh, then you went back to the lab, and then you left the lab. Yeah. Bizarre explanation of a lab leak. Uh, he, nah, that's he, not what we're talking about. He did say the other possibility is that this virus accidentally escaped a lab after being taken from the environment. But in seeing that we've never found a bat or an animal or anything else that has this, the only environment mm-hmm. that it seems to come from is a lab. <gasps> what if it was from another lab? And they took it from another lab. That would right. be an environment taken yes. from an environment mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then brought to the Wuhan lab. Right. And then it escaped. Huh. Wow. That'd be naturally weird. occurring. Right. Naturally occurring. We're just the definition of is. That's all we're looking at here. My gosh, this guy is crazy. He's, he's trying to cover his butt. Because he doesn't want to get anywhere near the gain, the uh, gain of function research that was being funded, still is by us. We still are. Yeah. In fact, we're doing more than we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are suicidal. The the people that are in charge of this nation and our security are mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. They're crazy people. Yeah. They're either incompetent, you know, the Buddha judge and the and the Joe Bidens, or they're crazy and evil. I mean, who's who does this? You've got a virus out. It came from a lab. It's clear. It came mm-hmm. from a lab. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you know what we need to do? We need to keep doing more of these things. We should do. You know, we've been doing a lot. I think we should do a lot more. Can anybody uh, pick up a sloth on the way in? And let's just dig under its fingernails, see if we can find something to kill people. I mean, holy cow. So irresponsible. Hopefully, America wakes up before the next pandemic that Bill Gates is talking about. It's almost like he knows something, but he definitely <laughs> doesn't. He's just a farmer. America, I don't know about you, but I feel very comfortable that uh, Joe Biden came out today and said, being money in bank covered. And I thought, wow, he's he's on top of it. He's on top of it. Should we be covering everybody's deposit Um, at any limit now, I guess? FDIC, when it first started, it was. I think twenty five hundred dollars. 
That's what you were. And then it was $100,000 back in the 80s. Now, it, well, it was 250. Now I think it's whatever. I'm, I'm not sure how all of this works. Vivek Ramaswamy, who is running for president, uh, says we should not be bailing these people out. That's great, but very frightening. What does he think that would mean? And how do you get through the transition period? We talked to uh, we talked to Vivek here in 60 seconds. Stand by tax time right around the corner. Uh, and it is stressful enough under normal circumstances. But imagine some cyber criminal comes on and steals your information. And, you know, you have uh, they're not stealing your information so they can pay your taxes. <laughs> they steal your information because you have a refund coming. And uh, so the IRS has already written your refund check. Wouldn't that be great? It is really important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. Christmas and tax time. This is, they are counting the days to uh, April 15th. They love this time of year because all of your information is out there. Get 25% off a subscription to LifeLock right now. Top of the line in cybersecurity with both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with a promo code BECK. Promo code BECK 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK 1-800-LIFELOCK.COM. Well, we have uh, our good friend Vivek Rameshwamy on with us. Hello, Vivek. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. How are you doing? Very good. So um, uh, you came out and explained the um, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank uh, nightmare and what it's turned into. Now there are three banks, um, and you have a different solution than the federal government. First, can you, in layman's terms, explain what happened, and then what your solution would be. Yeah, so let me just lay it out. Okay, what happened was Silicon Valley Bank took a lot of risks with depositor money by buying what are called mortgage-backed securities that are sensitive to interest rates, that when interest rates go up, they go down in value. The problem for Silicon Valley Bank is they also had their depositors, the customers of the bank, were a lot of these tech startups in Silicon Valley who also lose money or lose the opportunity to get money when interest rates go up. So that put them in a really tough spot when the interest rates went up. As a consequence, the bank collapsed. Now, a lot of those depositors, those tech startups, put way too much money in this one bank. It was a risk management failure. It was a mistake. Roku, the publicly traded tech company, put over $400 million in Silicon Valley Bank. That why would you do that? Just, Sincerely, why would you do that? Well, I think Silicon Valley has suffered this hubris to think that they basically can do whatever they need to. Financial risk management is passe. So the way capitalism works, Glenn, is that those who make bad decisions are held accountable and their competitors are able to eat their lunch as a consequence. But here's actually what happened. The government stepped in and said, we're going to bail out those tech companies, those tech startups that banked at Silicon Valley. And then here's the dirty little secret. Silicon Valley lobbied for years saying that it was actually not a systemically important financial institution, so they could actually have lower capital limits, limits, allow them to take greater risk. But in their hour of need, that same Silicon Valley crowd said, no, 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 this is systemically important, and we actually need to get a bailout for those depositors. 
And then they spun up this narrative saying it's about the workers. Well, we need to make payroll. And if we can't pay our workers, if our money's lost as depositors, then it's not about us. It's really just about the workers. Bunk. Don't believe it because you, you don't know how it works. I mean, I, I, know, this, I know this game well, Glenn. Wait, the way it works is those businesses are the same businesses they were three weeks ago or a month ago or three days ago. So that means if the business model actually works, investors can put in money to make up for the losses in the bank account. Now, that's not pleasant if you're a founder or a venture capitalist because you take dilution from those new investors. That means you own less. That means you make less money on the upside. Yeah, but but that, that's no justification for a public bailout. That, that so would t- teach you not to argument. put 400, $400 million into one bank. That's what it would exactly. teach you. Let alone, let alone Silicon Valley Bank, which itself was engaging in this kind of risky behavior. Okay, so um, first of all, this is um, this is not just guaranteeing FDIC $250,000. This, I, I guess, is... For the four hundred million, it's for everybody. Yes, right. Yes, if so, it's four hundred million. It's four hundred million, and th- that's what that's what irritates me, Glenn. There's two sets of rules in this country. The one set of rules is everybody says there's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar maximum. On the other hand, if you're one of the favored darlings, after the fact, if things don't go well your way, they'll say, ah, we'll waive that. Just any of those depositors, if they're tech companies, we'll give them the, the bailout. Now, I I personally, Glenn, had multiple, you know, multi billionaires. Silicon Valley elites calling me over the weekend. They were worried about some of the stuff I was saying. They mm-hmm. did not like my Wall Street Journal op-ed, which ran yesterday online. And what they said is, no, no, listen, this is, they tried every argument. I mean, they're like throwing spaghetti against a wall trying to convince me. What they're saying is, oh, no, no, we're the engine of American innovation. Why would you want to hurt this segment of the economy above all? That really reveals the hubris, that they're the special chosen ones that somehow deserve to be bailed out. Well, that didn't work. So then they said, no, 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 this is going to start a bank run across the rest of the United States. Well, as I laid out in my Wall Street Journal piece today, you don't have to conflate how you handle Silicon Valley Bank with how you handle the rest of the country. So my view is the Federal Reserve can step in and be a lender of last resort. And if you really need to raise that FDIC deposit insurance threshold, which is a good debate to have, if you want to do it, do it for everybody prospectively, not by just playing willy-nilly picking favorites after the fact, which is exactly what they're doing here. And I just think that most Americans understand that's a game. This is what fuels populism. It is justified populism because there's two sets of rules. And in my case, it's just that I understand how that other side works, right? How this game is played. But what disappoints me, Glenn, is a lot of Republicans. I mean, they're really hiding in a cave on this issue. I haven't heard anybody else who's really out there taking a principled stand on this. And I can see why, because you know what? I lost many donors or prospective donors this weekend. People who are allies love what I'm saying. When it hits too close to home, when it hits them in the home nest at the, at the level of their personal self-interest, even if they agree with me on principle, you know, I lose those people. And that's a cost of actually being principled. But unfortunately, many in the Republican Party are captured by the Silicon Valley donor class. And it's part of the reason why you see this muted, tepid response where everyone else in this GOP field is hoping and quietly waiting for this to pass like a passing storm. I think it's an opportunity to actually stand on principle, just like we should have done back in 2008 when a Republican administration bailed out those banks, which is a sin we're still paying for. So um, I, uh, I was texting back and forth to David Sachs over the weekend, and he was adamant. You are irresponsible for saying these kinds of things because it would collapse us down to four big banks. So, so David Sachs is a good human being. But I really like him. Blinded, 
he is blinded by self-interest. And that's not that, I mean, it's just human nature, right? You're blind to things. You, and even he says it on his podcast all the time, actually. Right. Follow your self-interest. So in some ways, he's following his own advice. But this is what you saw is a lot of fear-mongering in the country. They were almost rooting for the bank run risk because that then increases the likelihood of the bailout for their depositors, which include their venture-backed portfolio companies. And they got it. So kudos to them for winning the game of crony capitalism. But I'm not playing the game of capitalism. I'm running for president of the United States. We have to look for what's actually right for the country. And I think what's right for the country is to have the same set of rules apply to everyone. And these were the very same people, Glenn, who not very long ago, you know, the libertarian Silicon Valley crowd, David Sachs types included, would say that, no, 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 we need lower risk requirements for these kinds of banks because they're not systemically important only to now argue that, in fact, they are systemically important. Now, here's what I'll say something in favor of what folks like him and I probably agree with. The deeper problem here is a Federal Reserve that has tried yes. to play God for too long, but playing God with a fat finger, right? So they haven't even done a good job of playing God. One of the things that I'm focused on as a presidential candidate, and hopefully as the president of the United States, is to finally reform the Federal Reserve, part of that managerial bureaucracy, but to go back to its role of ensuring the dollar as a unit of measurement, period. None of this other inflation versus unemployment God playing. No, they're done with that. They've proven themselves to be catastrophically bad at it. And I think that's something that you have to deeply understand and have conviction in as a president, because the system will come back for you and tell you all the reasons you can't do that. My conviction in this is deep. Okay, so, so, so wait, 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 just a second, Vivek. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I love it. But look what the system did to Donald Trump just destroyed him. And I'm, I'm convinced it was because he wouldn't put up with a lot of the stuff that is great reset stuff just wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they needed to get him out. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan tried to take on the fed and they made his life quite miserable for a while. How with this strength and the kind of money now that is, as is sloshing around, with the Federal Reserve and all of the banks and the power the government has given these banks, how do you expect to pull this off without them just tubing it and getting their way? So I'd say something. I don't fault Donald Trump from it. I want to learn from his experiences, and I already have, Glenn, in understanding that you can't just reform some of these managerial bureaucracies. <laughs> Excuse me, I just sneezed. <laughs> you can't have, I'm so Bless allergic you. to this idea. <laughs> allergic to the administrative state, you know? So you, you can't just reform them. You have to actually gut them all the way. And so what, what they told Donald Trump and what a usual president will be told is, no, 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 you can't fire them due to civil service protections. I disagree. In fact, I'm going to be extensively on the legal and constitutional analysis here. Article two of the Constitution and even the statutes themselves empower the chief executive to actually run the government. That's why this has to be done by an outsider, somebody who's risen through the political ranks. They've already had been indoctrinated by even if they want to do it, they believe they can't. I think you have to come in as an outsider to understand that the right way to do it is you fire them, you fire the managerial industrial complex around them, you fire the legions of people under them. Reform is impossible. You have to actually gut the whole thing and replace it with something new built from scratch. And you know, I, after I've called for shutting down the Department of Education, I'm glad that in recent days, President Trump said the same thing that he would favor it. Now, he didn't do it four years in office. I'm not blaming him for that. We're learning from his experiences to lay the foundation but I think you get to be an outsider once, and I want to come in and as the new outsider, break the system. And I don't aspire to be president for you know, my, the end goal of my career. There's more things to go on and accomplish in life than that. But this is a moment that demands that kind of outsider who operates with their own personal understanding 
not because an advisor told you, not because some sort of team prepped you with a policy binder with nine points in it. In many ways, they come from the swamp itself. You need somebody whose first personal conviction is so deep that they can actually see it through and get it done. And that's what motivates me to do this as a combination of a constitutional scholar on one side, but actually somebody who's built businesses on the other. That's what compels me to say, it's not some hubris that I you know, believe I want to be a politician. I just think that this is what it takes to get the job done in this moment. Vivek Ramaswamy, thank you so much, Vivek. What's your website in case somebody wants to get involved in your uh, campaign? Yeah, Vivek2024.com, V-I-V-E-K 2024.com. And I guide people to the $1 or the $5 number. Small is, small is perfectly good. But join the movement and elevate these ideas in the debate stage. That's the next goal. Thank you very much, Vivek. Appreciate it. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Uh, I don't uh, I don't think I need to tell you that everything in life is so much easier and so much better uh, if you just add a little bacon, you know, and I have good news for you. You can support American ranchers right now by subscribing to good ranchers and get free bacon for doing it. I mean, are they just singing to you? Good ranchers only sources meats from local ranchers in the United States, which is more than you can say for your grocery store. And right now, they are running a special that uh, if you like bacon, you're going to love this. Get $20 off with my code Beck at GoodRanchers.com right now. When you subscribe, you'll get free bacon for a year. 24 ounces of Applewood smoked bacon added to each box for a year for free. 100% American, high-quality bacon sourced from local farms and ranches. And we're talking about $200 worth of it over the course of a year. The offer is not going to last forever. So before it's all gone, remember, subscribe. You get Good Ranchers price locked in, guaranteed. Your price will stay the same as long as you're subscribed. GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Stu, or Pat, um, Pat's sitting in for Stu this week, who's on vacation. Um, you know, you, you listen to him, and I'm all with him. But I don't think America understands the pain that is coming. No. Because nobody's it, talking about it. It, would, it. it will be substantial, too, that, that pain. Oh, oh, my gosh. But it'll be game-changing for us. Yeah. And... So there's that little mixed emotion you feel. Uh, bail them out saves you the pain for now. It'll just be worse down the road. Yeah. Or do you want to experience some pain now? Uh, just go through that, See, but maybe wind up in a in a better place. Well, afterward. I will tell you, it's um, if we would have had the pain back in 2008, mm-hmm. it would have been. A lot better because we wouldn't have yeah. had the moral hazard and we wouldn't have been so far away from the Constitution with so many Marxists and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would have had the pain uh-huh. and gotten it over and reset things. Now, you know, there is all kinds of infrastructure with the Great Reset and everything else that's just waiting for us to fall. Had that been done in 2008 as well, you would have had consequences that people Correct. realize that I Correct. can't do that again. Correct. We're doing it all again. I know. And is the same people in many cases. Yep. And this time, it might be better to have it happen now than it would be in two years. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you know, we I talked. Think it to, would be. We talked to Christy Noem uh, today, and notice when that UCC bill uh, goes through. Uh, when they actually declare that uh, central bank digital currency is money and things like Bitcoin is not, that starts in 2024. That's the that's the year you would do it if if you think you might lose the White House and the Senate. Right. You do it then. Yes. So, you know, part of me, I don't I hate pain. It's, a, you know what yeah, it is? Yeah, we all do. Yeah, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off. You just got to rip it off because it's ugly and bloody and it's going to be horrible. And nobody wants to do that. Though. Right. Well, I think if Americans were given the choice and they and were... And it was explained to them they were, what's going to happen. Look, this is what's yeah, going to happen. But, this is what it's going to look like. But who would do that? Who's going to explain it to them? Well, Other than trying. us? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. But like elected officials... Are any elected officials or, going to say, look, we're in trouble right or now? I think even people like us without a media that is saying you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. Nobody wants to believe this stuff. You know, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to believe this. And so the minute somebody gives you, well, it's conspiracy theory. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, it wouldn't be like that. You are likely to take that boat. Yep. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what's killing us is all of the disinformation and misinformation that's coming from our own government. That, to me, is just mm. outrageous. By the way, on this very issue, we have Thomas Massey, congressman from uh, Kentucky, on with us in just a minute. And he's, he's talking about last night he was in a meeting and a Democrat asked, we are silencing people that are talking down the economy, right? And they said, well, we're working on it. We'll get back to you. Yeah, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Just crazy. We're just it's just not America anymore. And by the way, wasn't Thomas Massey the one who was asked when he was talking about disagreeing with the with the uh, I think it was a MSNBC host. She was saying to Thomas Massey that uh, things were going to uh, spiral out of control. And he said, well, I disagree with that. And she said. Well, yeah, but do you have a degree uh, in <laughs> <Yeah>. economics? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, the yes, highest, I do. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what I, what kills me is they keep saying that they're not censoring people, that these Twitter files are nothing but gobbledygook made up by the right, and yet they are coming out and saying <laughs> to we censor need to silence. People. We need to silence people. Yeah. You know, Tucker Carlson is dangerous. We got to silence him. I mean, this is an honest question. How do our how do our friends who are are on the left are not on the left, but are liberal and have you know they're Democrats? How are they missing this? How how do they not see it? I honestly don't understand. How do they not see it? I wonder that every day. About various topics, not just economic, but I mean, you look at a president who's cognitively declined the way he has. How do you not see that? How, how do you not get it? I, I, I mean, there's no words. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just I mean, you have to at this point either have intentionally tuned everything out mm-hmm. And you're like, it's not going to make a difference anyway. They're just arguing and you tune out, which is so dangerous. Or you're just butt stupid. 
Is that the other alternative? Well, there is that alternative, too. And I I fear a lot of times that that is exactly mm-hmm. what is happening in this country. Yep. All right. Back with Thomas Massey here in a second. The Glenn Beck Program. So I want to talk to you about Jerry, who is just tough as nails. He grew up on a farm. By the time he was an adult, incredible shape, long hours of farm work, years of playing soccer and boxing. I mean, basically, we led the same life, Jerry. Uh, as as he got old, what that's are you funny. laughing? No, about? that's fu- that is really. What do you funny. mean? Yeah, I know Jerry probably didn't do all the things I did. Uh, as he got older, Jerry started to notice that he was developing a lot of pain through his body. Amen. Here we are again. Uh, All that exercise and hard work began to catch up. Don't I know it, brother? He didn't feel good anymore. And that's when he discovered Relief Factor. Jerry, we're like twins. Within a few weeks of taking it, Jerry's pain was uh, down to a minimum. Today, he is active and doing all the things he wants to do. Jerry got his life back with Relief Factor. So can you. Three-week quick start, 1995 trial pack. Thousands of people have tried it. 70% 70% of them go on to order more after the three weeks. Try it. You'll know. If it's not working, just stop taking it. If it's working for you, you've got your life back with relieffactor.com, 800, the number four, relief. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday live from 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, or anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts. From Kentucky, Congressman Thomas Massey joins us. He uh, sent a a really um, disconcerting uh, tweet last night. I saw uh, just got off a Zoom meeting with Fed, Treasury, FDIC, House and Senate. A Democratic senator essentially asked whether there was a program in place to censor information on social media that could lead to a run on the banks. Welcome, Thomas Massey. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. That's terrifying. That really happened. Yeah. Now he may have. Uh, he may say, if people ever figure out who he is, that he was talking about foreign influence, and he was worried about foreign influence. But uh, I, he didn't count. He didn't qualify it that way. And I presume he meant to censor true information that could be harmful to banks that may or may not be put out by Americans. That is chilling. I I will tell you, Thomas, this is exactly what they war-gamed. I think it was in December. I can send this information to you if I I look it up um, and you want it. It was from uh, the World Economic Forum. They did a war game. And that's one of the first things in a banking collapse that the World Economic Forum said they had to develop. A way to stop all voices that are uh, are, um, offering anything other than the central bank narrative right also uh, this is uh, within dhs there's something called cisa c-i-s-a and michael schellenberger who's one of the people who exposed the twitter files he showed me that it's in their charter 
to uh, to censor stuff that could be harmful to the financial system of our country. They consider that, you know, national security. So, uh, you know, then I think they may have scrubbed that off their website since then. But this is really chilling. And I'm not trying to cause a run myself by exposing that a senator suggested that the Congress or these agencies should be censoring Americans when they talk about the financial health of banks. But it needs to be out there. I think it's the senator himself who suggests the censorship that is causing concern among Americans. I really think, Thomas, if people were just told the truth and treated like adults, we would be fine and we would be able to handle it. I think there's a lot of people who are like, let's just get this over with. Um, it, we have made this so much worse and I don't understand what what's happening now. So the FDIC is just if I got four hundred million dollars in a bank account, they're going to cover it. Here's the problem. The money they've got in the bank was premiums that were paid to cover insur- people who've deposited less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So the FDIC is pushing all their chips on the table. Because they don't have enough money to cover everything. They've only collected premiums to cover $250,000. They're pushing all their chips on the table because they know they can cover it for two or three banks. But after that... Then what? You, then what? Well, then they've spent all the money that's supposed to protect the people under $250,000, like common Americans. So the, the Treasury has this program that they announced last night as well. Uh, I'm sorry. The Federal Reserve, they're like a hand in a glove. Uh-huh. The Federal Reserve has a program where if banks bought treasury bonds at low, low rates and lock, got themselves locked in for 10 years and can't pay their depositors back because these treasury bonds are only worth 80 cents on the dollar, then the Federal Reserve will loan the banks money at a dollar on a dollar, not the real value of those bonds, but whatever they bought them for. So that's going to be inflationary. Because the Federal Reserve is going to kick more money in. I mean, who is, you know, this, I want to quote the president from his speech today. No losses will be, and this is important to make this point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay to the deposit insurance fund. Well, have you seen that fund? How much money is is on that balance sheet? Uh, why hasn't it ever been raided to save Social Security or whatever? Um, but um, how much is there? How much can they cover? And if they can't cover it, I know the Fed will say they're going to do it. But aren't we the one that is on the hook for everything the Fed spends or Listen, prints? Uh, the liberals hate it when, when, when Republicans say thoughts and prayers. But I heard Chuck Schumer last night said that he hopes and prays. that what they're doing is enough. The the reality is they can't do this for every bank. So they're going all in on the first few banks to instill confidence. But for the president to say no taxpayer dollars, that's uh, ignoring the the, uh, Federal Reserve program that's kicking in. Because if that causes inflation, the fact that the Federal Reserve is going to loan to banks using as collateral their bad debt that they got from the, the U.S. government. By the way, it's not bad because the government will default. It's bad because they're locked in for 10 years at, at pitifully low interest rates. And um, if they try to sell those on the market, they're not going to get the money they paid for. Correct. So that's going to that's dilute the value of your money 
if I could go real quickly through four roles that the, the sure. Federal Reserve has played in causing this problem. Sure. First, they were Santa Claus. The Federal Reserve was Santa Claus. They kept interest rates at 0% or damn near close so that, wow, we could borrow money at the U.S. government and spend it and everybody can invest and, it's, and it like heats up your economy. By the way, it dr- also drives the venture capitalists into the venture capital market uh, because they can't get any money on safe investments. Then the Fed becomes the arsonist. When they, when they create $5 trillion out of thin air during COVID, that's what's caused this inflation. But don't worry, the Federal Reserve shows up a couple years later as the firefighter. They're going to douse the economy by raising interest rates faster than they've ever been raised before. So now they've been Santa Claus, the arsonist, the firefighter. To, last night, we found out they're going to be a trauma doctor. They're going to come in and do triage on these banks by loaning them money to, for things as, that are collateral that aren't worth what they say they are. So, and now we're going to rinse and repeat. This will, this will just keep happening. The Federal Reserve is largely responsible for this. Um, there needs, somebody needs to account for it. And uh, that's, that's the problem. This is long COVID response. You know, they talk about long COVID. This is a result of the CARES Act and all the other stuff that spent $5 trillion we didn't have. It's now coming home to roost. So you're a smart guy. There's a smart audience. Um, what, what, what do we do to prepare? Cause it, this is going, to, it will fail. And I fear that they are setting us up for a new currency, a new digital currency, which every time the United States has changed currencies, uh, you've lost at least 40% of everything that you have. Uh, but this will put us into a digital currency, which has all kinds of ramifications, what do we do to prepare? Well, I wouldn't run on your own bank, okay? Yes. Uh, I, haven't, I, have, I have not taken any money out of my bank. I don't have a lot of money in the banks. Uh, so maybe that's not too comforting <laughs> one way or the other, but I wouldn't make a run on the bank. But longer term, in your life plan, I wouldn't keep a lot of money in cash. I wouldn't keep a lot of your resources in cash, Uh Land is a good investment. You know, I don't want to be an investment advisor either, but uh, have durable goods and things that people always want would, would be my recommendation. Not today. We, we will get through this somehow. The clowns who are, who are managing this crisis will clown their way through in some yeah. way. And at the end of the day, probably they're going to cause more inflation is what's going to happen at the end of the day because they're going to use your money to protect the bank's and the high dollar investors it's it's socialism they they are uh it's not capitalism it is crony capitalism the the investors well if they do well they get to keep their profits if they do poorly we use the americans through the federal reserve to uh to make them whole for their bad investment and isn't it isn't it interesting that they are the bank for most of the green new deal stuff uh they are they're the bank that's that's funding all of the all of these harebrained ideas. Yeah, that was part of the, uh, Here's the irony. The venture capital money that was supposed to fuel the startups in our economy is stuck in our federal debt right now. They it our our debt our, our desire to spend money at Congress is so overwhelming that we eventually sucked in that venture capital money that was supposed to fund these startups. It ended up stuck uh, in our treasury. 
So let me switch subjects. Um, There is a story that I have never seen. I've done this for almost 50 years. I've never seen a story like this. Congress votes unanimously on a bill. The Senate votes unanimously on a bill. And then the president's not sure he's going to sign it. The, the closest to unanimous, I think, was World War II, and there was one person that stood against it. How did Congress all vote, every single one of them, to investigate the origins of COVID? What's going on there? Uh, I asked the same question in a hearing in the Rules Committee. Like, the president could declassify the origins of COVID, the information that we have, uh, and its re- relation to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He could do that today. He could have done it a year ago, two years ago. He's chosen not to do it. Now the entire Senate and the entire House has voted for him to do it. Uh, he could veto it, but his veto is going to be overridden. What The answer I was given uh, in a hearing that's not much watched, uh, so it is public, but it's still kind of hidden, is that the president, because of foreign relations with China, needs to look like he's forced to do it uh, so that he doesn't disrupt the relationship with China. If he if he did this on his own, it was, and I guess I'm spoiling the whole punch right now, yeah. but surely... <laughs> <laughs> We're running surely this whole thing on TikTok, so it's going right to presidency. Uh, surely... But, I mean, these are like uh, little kids could come up with these plans. Surely the Chinese see through that. Uh, But that was the only reason that I was given that made any little bit of sense. Well, Uh, it's also weird that every single person voted for it out of out of what, 520 people. Uh, and the and the viewpoints that a lot of people have that this is absolutely not from China and the and the, and uh, the lab it's absolutely I mean they have made such a stink every single one of them said yes we want the house to investigate we want people to uh, we want the president to release all of the classified information just release what? the classified information on the origin I think. This is not a conspiracy. You can theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. You can find evidence of this everywhere. But I think it's going to lead back to the United States that, you know, we were working with them on this virus. Yep. We were funding it. I mean, that's going to, you know, and so I think they're trying to slow walk that realization that the American government used your tax dollars to create a disease that killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. They like that is the biggest argument against growing government I have ever seen. And oh, they're yeah. trying to they're trying to, to keep by delaying the release of all of this stuff. They're hoping you forget why grandma died uh, when you come around to realize that we created the virus. Good God. God bless you for being there, man. I don't know how you do it, but I'm grateful you're there. Thomas well, Massey. Thanks, Glenn. Thank thanks you for having me on. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Should talk to him more often. He is really, really smart. Way back in January, I told you the uh, U.S. breached our uh, debt ceiling eight months ahead of schedule. Fast forward to today, absolute zero progress has been made by the Biden administration in negotiating a meaningful increase. And uh, 
any kind of decrease in our spending. Uh, in fact, they've managed to go backwards. I know. Shocking. Business Insider put out a great report recently. It says um, uh, you can find it on the Goldline website. It says deal of the week page. It uh, a debt default could happen as soon as July. If so, the country would face its biggest financial crisis in history. We don't need that. We already are dealing with this today. And you know what happened to gold? Ah, gold went up. Hmm. Who would have thunk it? Please protect some of what you have in a bank with precious metals. Please call Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Think of the Silicon Valley Bank as a wake-up call. Call Goldline right now. The original one-ounce copper great seal rounds with every qualifying order of $5 gold Liberty or Indian coins you acquire. You can buy Indians and Liberty coins in tubes or boxes of 20. Call Goldline about the difference. You're going to get a boatload of free copper as well as a thank you. Just go to goldline.com. Call them now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, um, as if we needed something else. A giant seaweed bloom so large it can be seen from outer space may be headed towards Florida's Gulf Coast. The sargassum bloom is 5,000 miles wide, twice the width of the United States, believed to be the largest in history. It drifts between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico. It has a thick mat of algae, but here's the good news. It can provide a habitat for marine life and absorb carbon dioxide. So it's good for the planet. Oh, good. The problem is it's bad for coral because it can be deprived of sunlight. And as the seaweed decomposes, it releases hydrogen sulfide. Oh, well, don't worry about that. Just get... uh, our Secretary of Transportation down there, Buttigieg, he'll be, he'll be there, mm-hmm. you know, in no time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and, and it negatively impacts the air and the water, causing respiratory problems ah. uh, for all the people in the <laughs> surrounding area. But, it also makes swimming difficult. Right. You know, no, yeah. yeah. No, nobody wants to swim through seaweed. So Well, I and it's there- also going to clog the valves of power plants and desalinization plants. Okay. But the good news is, it will suck in some of the carbon. So there you go. The planet will be cooler. Perfect. So screw the people. It's the people that screwed it up. That's the right. planet knows it's been it's been sent by the fish people. <laughs> All right. Don't panic. Everything is uh, everything is fine. We'll get through this together, and we'll see you tomorrow. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get past the seaweed thing. No, that, probably that's not. probably everybody's going to die from that, probably. Yeah. But but you don't need to worry about the banking thing. The Glenn Beck Program.